down yonder in the Indian nation I rode my pony on the reservation In the Oklahoma hills where I was born What is up, Red State Blues fans? It's your boy Devo here. And as always, I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend. He's read at C2C, Daniel, the political manual. Daniel, how is it going? What is up? What's going on? I like the uh, the new playing music. Well, uh, that was the uh, Gene, Gene Autry version of, uh, of Oklahoma Hills. Uh, you know, I'm trying to make sure that my uh, 2021 Spotify end of the year wrap up doesn't have Oklahoma Hills as my top six song of the year. Uh, for uh, it's, it's 2020. Well, I know, but I, but they put that. Still, still stuck in this hellhole. They put out the wrap up, you know, and so I don't know when they start counting those things. So, got you. Um, well, yeah. What do you call that? Is it walk up music or entrance music? I know in wrestling, I think it's just your intro music. Yeah, you know, like. Uh, you know, just a little something to get her going instead of just uh, welcoming people with like, hey, what's up? All that fun stuff, you know. Like a cold open. A little cold open, yeah, you know. Something uh, something to get people's ears attuned to the melodious voices they are about to hear when we get on to talk about, to talk some ticks. Talking ticks on our new new show, Talking Ticks. Not Red State Blues anymore, it's Talking Ticks. Talking politics. But no, uh, so how <laughs> we're going to talk about like um, Rocky Mountain Fever. Yes, we are. We are gonna... Remember when that was our biggest worries was getting like, you know, uh, <laughs> Lyme disease or something and not. Uh, cor- right. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Uh, how's it going? How's uh, another week in uh, paradise in Oklahoma? Um, really lazy. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like um, an introvert's paradise. This if you're if you're responsible because you know you get to just hang out and tell people you can't go see them and record your um podcasts via whatever streaming thing we're on right now yeah Yeah. i i mean it is uh it's one of those uh you know i'm not an introvert and uh i really uh i i I got really i really hate it when when introverts would go oh i love this it's like "Mm, screw you no (laughs) but this is this is not a a way to live so uh, we need to figure out a way to get those vaccines out and, uh, I don't know, vaccinate me. I'm, I'm willing, uh, Joe, Joe Biden. Yeah. Joe Biden. Let's go to Vegas. Yeah. Joe Biden said he would, uh, gladly, uh, gladly take the spike on uh national TV for everybody. Cause we've had all the former presidents come out that are still alive saying that they'll take the vaccine. Um, no, Um, except for one. Well, he's still current president, so future former president. Yeah, future former president Donald J. Sterling Trump. Uh, what what is the deal with uh, guys named Donald being uh, problematic? I don't know. Like, uh, I was talking about this uh, with some other people. Have you ever met anyone uh, in your lifetime since you've like from your age? I don't know anyone named Don or Donald. Um, in elementary or middle school, I played basketball with a kid named Donald and um he stole my shooting shirt we had shooting shirts and we wrote our numbers on the sleeve of them and um he stole my shirt and I knew it was mine because it had my number on it and he denied stealing it but he was wearing it with my number on it but yeah that's my one interaction with somebody my age named Donald hmm well that uh, yeah it seems very weird I don't we don't have a whole lot of people uh named Donald anymore out there in the world but oh well, hey, 
that's beside that point. Uh, we're doing fine here with COVID in Oklahoma. We've beaten it completely. Uh, we prayed it away. Um, that's the big, big news that, uh, what that was on a Thursday, I believe December 3rd. Uh, it's now called Thursday. pray. Um, yeah. Uh, we, we activated on Thursday and eliminated COVID. Um, COVID was preying on us. So then we prayed on COVID, COVID and flipped the script. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, we flipped the script on it. Uh, and that's why we've seen, you know, uh, now we've seen some numbers of cases coming in, but clearly that's just because those people were all tested before the prayer day. Right. Well, it's still a fraud. I mean, you know, it, you can't pray away the, the fraudulent nature of the, uh, Chinese hoax. Yes, the yes, the Chinese, the Chinese hoax. Uh, but yeah, no. So Oklahoma is currently rocking. What would you say our our real average is per day? Somewhere between thirty two hundred to forty five hundred is what we're we're at right now. Our seven day rolling average is upper twos, lower threes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And a lot of people, you know, are saying um, that we won't see the full effects of the Thanksgiving holiday for a couple more days, but that should be coming coming around the mountain anytime now. Coming around the mountain, yeah, the because of this, you know, the uh, incubation periods and, and everything else, and also just the delays in testing, and you know, we're seeing more and more stories about people that'll have uh, multiple multiple negatives before they get a positive, and uh, you know, you just don't really know uh, what what, what when it's going to pop. But yeah, certainly, um, you know, with the with the leadership that we have. Uh, I think it's uh, probably clear that we know we obviously have the best leaders in place in the great state of Oklahoma to deal with COVID. Leaders so attuned to dealing with COVID, they 100% know how to wear a mask. And of course, we're talking about the nice, embarrassing picture from this week of Kevin Stitt on an airplane, middle seat, mask under his nose, just just letting it all out there. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's a he's a he's a COVID idiot. Yeah, he he's a COVID idiot, and uh, I was just sitting there, you know, as, as I think we said, I don't know what's more embarrassing, which is the fact that our governor can't wear a mask or our governor has to fly coach and sit in the middle seat. I'm sure he said, "I'm a people person. I want to sit in the middle. I want to talk to people on both sides." So I mean, the, <laughs> yes, <laughs> what gets to talk to people? And wasn't he only just flying to Dallas? From Oklahoma City. I mean, I, it, yes. And so that's a. It's got to be a 25 minute flight. Yeah. Like drive. <laughs> I mean, like I, I, three and a half from Oklahoma. City? Yeah, it's not that. Well, yeah, it's what it's like. Yeah. Depending on where you're going, I guess, you know, but like it's like two and a half to three, I suppose, depending on where you're trying to get in Dallas. But yeah, I don't know. I don't get why he was, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> driving. Uh, flying a car or flying a car flying a plane down there that night so eh, you know uh, but also speaking it, yep it, it a, a connector and he was flying um to dc to um put in a good word for himself to be vice president in 2024 2024 yes uh the the stit trump uh ticket no that's yeah well so let's let's talk about uh, continue on COVID for a little bit here. Uh, we have uh, big news, which you know we're we're recording this at six ten p.m. here on Sunday, uh, December sixth, and uh, Rudy Giuliani uh, was diagnosed with COVID nineteen today, and he has now already found himself into hospitalization. Uh, and what do you think? By the time we're done recording, dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he said it that way. He. He fell into that hospital bed like he was trying to 
so quick. I thought he was trying to take a microphone off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did they did they check him for microphones? Like uh, <laughs> when uh, when he they de pantsed him. They de pantsed him and checked him for the mics. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Rudy Giuliani. It's no surprise that people in Trump's inner circle uh, are you know catch COVID because they I can't imagine that anywhere it's taken seriously uh, once you're off a of camera and even then when you're on camera it's usually not taken seriously either. Uh, but uh, yeah, so Rudy Giuliani has uh, the COVID. Uh, we'll see. He is quite old, uh, so uh, we'll see if uh, he survives this or not. We're not wishing death upon anybody, but uh, you know. Uh, He's got it. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, he um I I guess that's proof once and for all that the liquor does not um kill the covid. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I suppose. Well, I mean, the thing is, it's not just the liquor. You have to do the tri- you have to do the the you know, the the four, you know, the four horsemen of killing the covid, which has been established by various doctors of various reputes. Uh one, drink a lot, two, smoke weed three, get sunshine, and four, pop Xanax. And all four of those put together, you're going to keep the COVID away. So, you're going to be good. Yeah, you're going to be good, which I'm worried because there's no sunshine. You know, I haven't been getting out as much, you know, so I'm missing the sunshine element. I'm, I'm stuck in a windowless box most of my days <laughs> this part of the year. Uh, so we, we're uh, – what is this? I, I, you'll have to pardon me. I, we asked people in the Red State Blues think oh, Wait, are you – was that – that's the number one quote um, – in the White House right now. Oh, which is what? You have to pardon me. Oh yes, you have to pardon me. Uh, I'm a little, a little sad, a little sad that it hasn't been any uh, hilarious pardons uh, yet so far. Uh, I'm sure Bill Cosby is chomping at the bit to get out. Uh, yeah, and uh, Bill Cosby going to launch the first sitcom on the uh, Trump News Network uh, whenever they, whenever it gets out, and then, and then Joe Exotic's going to bring back his late night, uh, late night show. Uh, that he had uh, now someone in the uh, in the red state blues think tank uh, said uh, talk about Kaylee I have no idea what they're referring to um something about Kaylee McElhinney yeah uh, I'm not sure what um loyal listener Lucas was talking about I'm sure he will let us know uh oh apparently the press secretary appears to acknowledge the Biden election victory she did that apparently maybe that's <laughs> Uh, maybe that's what he's talking about. So I really don't know. Uh, she's the white house press secretary. So I don't really, I've never really trusted any press secretaries that I, cause they all clearly have an agenda uh, as that's their job. Uh, so I, you know, I don't know. So apologies to Lucas. We have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, I was too busy playing red dead redemption two today to pay attention to any of that stuff. So bringing the hard hitting analysis here today. Now, uh, you, uh, Daniel, you wanted to talk about uh, the COVID bailout bill. Uh, what do you got on the COVID bailout bill? Yeah, um, I think there's going to be some movement this week um, in passing something. I don't think that it will have a $1,200 or any dollar um, cash payment to us because they sent one in, you know, April or whenever that was. And so um, I, I guess we're good for life on cash bailouts, but there should be some money for corporations and even for businesses. Um, I could see things getting much worse here and all across America, um, hospitalization-wise, and which would cause uh, leadership um, to, to have to, you know, do more shutdowns, which you can't do a shutdown unless there's monetary relief or, 
you know, you'll have a ton of. Yeah. Almost- and that's, you know, I, I, we've talked about that briefly before and I, I haven't asked my, you know, friends in other States because, you know, there are other States that are far more locked down and I just don't know how they're doing it with the people that have those jobs that need places to be open. I mean, like I have plenty of friends here that are, you know, service industry workers, bartenders, and what have you. And, you know, shutdowns take their livelihood away. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there, and there's no other jobs for them to just go grab. Right. Cause we had a very slow job growth report. Uh, it was about half of what they expected. I believe it was, uh, two, uh, we added 245,000 jobs and that, that was, they were expecting at least 500,000. And so, not, not a good jobs report for the holiday season. Yeah, no. And so, and a lot of that is obviously seasonal workers are going to be way down um, because, you know, I know that that jobs report probably didn't factor in that, but seasonal work, a lot of people rely on this time of year. Now I'm sure FedEx is hiring a ton of people to work and UPS and stuff like that because they are, uh, you know, so much more online shopping is going to be done this year, but that really doesn't help people that had need employment out there, you know? So um, I know there's, uh, pl- you know, places here in town that are trying to find unique ways to make money, but it's just, uh, it's not working. Uh, I know a lot of the bars uh, would like if uh, the state would allow the sale of batch cocktails uh, and they're, you know, maybe that could happen with, you know, if someone was in session to do something. Um, but um, I don't know. I, I don't see what they can do for businesses. You know, they have to have another round of PPP. And they need to be a little bit more judicious about who they give that to this time. Uh, right. They need to be giving it to... Yeah. Th- um, 3M doesn't need to be counted as a small business. <laughs> the Los Angeles Lakers don't need a bailout. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Like, you know, it should be based upon your, you know, I guess, I don't know. There, there should be something out there that, that makes sure this comes to smaller businesses that need it. Now, that being said, I mean, if there are larger struggling franchises then you know you can make an argument for needing to help those out as well because I'm sure the Applebee's and the Chili's and all those of the worlds aren't doing well, you know. Um, but maybe you look at it on a franchisee by franchisee basis and not bail out the mother company, you know, right. um, and and try and change that because some of them are probably doing fine. I'm sure the South Tulsa Chili's is doing fine right now, <laughs> uh, whereas a Chili's in California probably not doing too well. Right. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, we did, uh, we did have this past week, uh, something, uh, uh, we had, uh, the house, uh, legalize or the house voted to decriminalize, uh, marijuana, uh, on a federal level, uh, which I, you know, my belief is that it's not going to go anywhere. It's going to die in the Senate. Uh, it's just not going to be heard. Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Mitch, yeah. Mitch is going to bury it. Yeah. Mitch is going to bury it. But, uh, the, the common belief on this is that, uh, this was passed mostly to make sure that the Biden administration remembers that that was one of their campaign promises, that that was one of the things they said they were going to work on. Oh, we didn't forget just because, you know, all right, we got rid of Donald Trump. That doesn't mean, you know, we're going to forget about this thing that you said you were going to do, which I mean, would be it'll be interesting how that works. Um, if you think about it, you know, Oklahoma obviously has uh, legalized cannabis uh, at this point which there are no federal taxes on which yeah they've got to, they've got to come in and get their cut for sure yeah and so you look at the different states like some states have super high taxes on uh their their weed um 
I was talking to a friend who uh, lives in Massachusetts, and for instance, he said like he had a card here in Oklahoma, and he has a card in Massachusetts, or no, he doesn't have a card in Massachusetts because it's uh, it's 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 uh, recreational in Massachusetts, and uh, he said, yeah, basically it's anywhere between. It's at minimum twice as expensive, sometimes three times more expensive up there, and that's partially because of the the state taxes they've put on and everything else. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how that affects the industry because you know I always joked here in Oklahoma, you just saw dispensary after dispensary after dispensary after dispensary after dispensary. I say that because if you drop a pin between our houses or a, you know, either of your house or mine, if we were to drop a pin and look in a a circular mile from us, there's probably what 15, 20 dispensaries that we could find. Right. And, and meanwhile, there's maybe five or six liquor stores, you know, which is, you know, kind of the same same type of business uh, model. But uh, but they haven't gone out of business, a lot of them. But if you start levying on uh, another federal tax and prices go up, I could see uh, that being an issue. So it may be uh, maybe one of those things where we don't want the feds to get involved. <laughs> well, if you're if you need that medicine and yeah. you don't want a tax to the federal government on it, then yeah, definitely not. But, but, but obviously the big deal here is with banking, which is why, you know, um, there's, you know, most of the like stores here in Oklahoma can't take credit cards. Uh, they can't take, uh, um, they can't take, you know, they can't, they, they have to take cash only. So, you know, anyways, well, we'll move on. Uh, so, uh, I had a here, uh, Trump trying to overturn Georgia. Yeah, um, he did a rally last night. I did not watch it. I, I don't know. I think I don't know if this is how everybody's kind of viewing the Trump presidency at this point. But um, lame duck Trump. That sounds like. <laughs> never mind. Yeah. Um, lame duck Trump um, is not. It, it loses all the appeal and all the mystique that you know President Trump had. So I, I'm. My interest, my attention to what is going on with him is severely um, lowered now. But he did give a speech last night, a rally, um, where he said, you know, it was large. He was supposed to be down there to bolster the uh, Senate uh, candidates. But I believe it turned into more of a... um, the election was rigged and George it's George's fault. And, and it was governor Kemp's fault as well. Well, and so, and I think, uh, you know, CNN ran the story this week where they went to one of those, uh, uh, they went to one of those more rural counties, um, in, in, uh, in Georgia. And they were like, they're like, are you going to vote in January? It's like, I don't know. It's all rigged. And so like this narrative that Trump has established some are, are theorizing that could be a highly detrimental to the electoral campaigns of those people running for the Senate down there because it's disenfranchised these Trump supporters. They're not going out to vote for Donald Trump in this election. They're going out to vote for a senator they may or may not care about. And they are kind of, and they think the whole system is rigged anyways. So Right. And that's the narrative being pushed so heavily by Trump is so he doesn't, own this L that he took. Um, oh, yeah. Because he, yeah. he does not own L's. He just, he's incapable of doing it. And so, um, in doing, in saying that, you know, the whole system is rigged and saying it doesn't matter if you go vote because they're going to fix it anyway, um, 
that's I say stay home. Stay home. Do not vote. If you if you um, believe that narrative, you should stay home and go ahead. And yes, you should definitely stay home. In, in fact, if you voted for Donald Trump, uh, you should just you know you took a you took an L. And I believe the rule is you need to sit it out for 90 days after you take a loss. So just, uh, just stay home. Don't vote in this election if you voted for Donald Trump. Uh, and just uh, let everybody else go out and vote. And uh, Suckers vote in rigged elections. Yes, only suckers. Suckers and losers. I, I guess if you listen to the president, then that would be veterans. So. <laughs> Right. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> what else do we have here? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it is, you know, it is weird in this post um, post presidential election. It's like this is sort of, you know, we, we had this huge build up to this big thing. And then now we've just like the last few weeks just been sort of like, oh, yeah, like that's over. Like, you know, probably the most stre- one of the most stressful elections in the history of the United Because I don't think 2016 was that stressful because a lot of us didn't think that there was a snowball's chance in hell that Trump was going to win. It right, became, we didn't know. Yeah, it became stressful at like 8 p.m. <laughs> on, right. on Tuesday that, that week. So um, now uh, those Senate races in Georgia, uh, I, I noticed that they are, they did have, I think they had already this week a debate on CNN for a Senate race, uh, which is in, I mean, that's not something that you see every day. Um, and so, so much money, so much spotlight's been put on those races. Um, but getting back and, and the money pouring into them has been record number, record amount of money. Uh, but also speaking of record amount of money, Donald Trump has taken in $207 million in donations since the election. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. And it's, I, I feel for the people who are giving up their hard-earned dollar, hard-earned dollars to like yeah. you would like just go buy. If you if you were like I'm going to donate a hundred dollars to the Trump Save the, Stop the Steal or whatever the hell it is, like just go buy a hundred one dollar scratchers. <laughs> like you'd be better off to do that. Like don't like you are just wasting. You're throwing money in a fire at this point. Like it, it, he's playing you. And I don't feel bad for you, though, because you. All right, guys. Sorry about that. We had a little bit of an audio uh, difficulty there. We had a, a problem uh, working on the new soundboard today, and uh, it may be a piece of junk. So we'll see. <laughs> Anyways, guys. Uh, so, yeah, we were saying, uh, as we we're saying, people were, you know, they're donating their money to Donald Trump. It's a waste of t- it's a waste of money. It's a waste of everything. And I don't feel sorry for them one bit. So just, you know, good. I guess waste their money. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, okay, so uh, uh, yeah, pay your money to charity. Do something better with your money. Yeah, Stop money like that. Yeah, I mean, are are you taking it away? Are you just not giving the money to your church now? Is that the thing? You know, are you you know just giving it to Donald Trump, your new church or whatever? So uh, now we did uh, have the this past week the uh, Biden picks um, uh, for the tre- Secretary of Treasury, um, and uh, we've also had the Biden picks for the head of the. Uh, uh, Health and Human Services. Biden has picked Xavier Becerra, uh, who is uh, California's Attorney General, to head uh, the Health and Human Services, and uh, he picked um, uh, what's her name? I'm Secretary of Treasury, Janet Yellen. Janet Yellen uh, for the Secretary of Treasury, and uh, you know, I asked, uh, I posted this in our our group uh, chat. I asked my friend, who's in you know way more of a economics analyst, and that's what he does for a living. And he wasn't too happy with that pick um, because basically he thinks she's and probably will is just going to continue the low interest loans and everything like that. And that we're 
artificially pumping the economy when we shouldn't be, uh, and that we're just kind of creating another bubble, uh, and th- that her type of uh, spending and her type of fiscal policy will lead to that. But certainly, uh, you know, that is uh, yet to be seen. Right now, I think anybody's just in crisis mode uh, once they take a position in the new administration to try to figure out how to uh, fix what we've been dealing with over this uh, pandemic. So, uh, and uh, I believe, oh, there was a problem. Uh, I guess the next big one is. Um, uh, the the lady that he picked uh, to be the budget chief, uh, Nira uh, Tandon, Nira Tandon, I believe is her name. Uh, she has had a very combative relationship with senators on uh, Twitter, apparently. And uh, which, again, we're not, you know. Uh, we're not unfamiliar with uh, people, elected officials, or anybody serving in politics being, uh, you know, abrasive on Twitter. It certainly uh, is part of what our president does, but uh, former, soon to be former president. Um, but uh, yeah, apparently there's, there's some senators that are, you know, be like, oh, well, she's been mean to us. And CNN rightfully called them out and said, yeah, what about the president that you support? <laughs> yeah, that sounds. Very Ted Cruzian. Uh, well, it, it not it wasn't Ted Cruz. It was uh, uh the uh, the other guy from Texas, uh, Cor- Corwin. Cornyn. Yeah, yeah. He was the one that was uh throwing the biggest fit about her, and I guess uh you know the uh we'll see how other picks are coming uh as we we move down the pike here. Um, nothing I think too controversial uh yet, uh, and I don't know that I've seen too much. Uh, too many alarm bells coming from the hard left uh, on feeling sort of left out. Um, so we'll see where that goes from here on out, though. Um, when we get to some of those positions that may may or may not affect uh, those those issues. All right. So let's see. That's a first for the red blue pod. What? I heard a cat. You know, usually it's dog interruptions, and now we've got oh, a yeah. cat. Yeah, there's a cat. There's a cat back there. There's a cat back there. Uh, so we do continue. Um, I think, you know, well here, uh, let's just, uh, I don't know what else you got that you have to want to talk about. Um, well, from an education standpoint, we can talk about the, um, state department of education had, um, one of the members, um, immediately and abruptly terminated from their position on the board because he supported a school mask mandate. Yeah. Along with Joy Hoffmeister, um, he he supported that, and so he was a Stitt appointee. So Stitt got rid of him and replaced him with a essential oil salesperson um, who's an anti-vaxxer, anti-masker um, yeah. from Enid. So yeah. yay, yeah, an anti-vaxxer, anti-masker, and also a private uh, school scholarship uh, advocate. So yeah, um, that office. I mean, look it. it the the blind loyalty to Kevin Stitt in this state by people makes no sense to me. It's just people, you know, people voted against someone that was not in their best interest and now they're getting it, but then they're going to blame anybody but him, you know? They're not going to blame, you know, when little Susie or little Billy doesn't have, you know, a textbook. They're not going to blame, you know, Kevin Stitt. They're going to blame the teacher or the school. They're not going to blame, you know, like they, when if their kid gets sick and dies from COVID, they're going to blame the school. They're not going to blame the lack of state leadership saying that there should be a school-wide mass mandate. 
And of course, we here in Tulsa, we're you know, um, you said ICU capacity is down to what? Um, on Friday, it was down to three percent statewide. Three percent statewide, and of course, here in the city of Tulsa, you know, we just the same as same as Oklahoma City. Uh, we're dealing with the fallout from the suburbs who refuse to pass mask mandates, and and most notably here being Broken Arrow, the biggest of the suburbs. Um, that we have who continually just are absolutely refuse to pass a mass mandate. And it's just absurd that why they won't do it, but I don't know how you can force them to do it, but uh, yeah, certainly something needs to change in that arena. Well, yeah. And there have been um, recordings of um, the, I believe it was the jinx um, mayor who yeah. released a recording of Stitt's chief of staff calling him and saying, you all have to pass this mask mandate or we're screwed. And the mayor was like, um, can you support this publicly? And he said, You've, we have given you all the support that you're going to get. Um, you just, off the record, you have, to, you have to pass this or, you know, the hospitals will be screwed. So that's the most infuriating part is the state administration knows the dire, how dire the situation is and also chooses to not react to it. So it's kind of like Trump who, did with Who are they like what are they scared of? Like what are they scared uh, of? Like I mean personal liberties. But but I mean like you know at this point he's not going to lose a re-election. He's right. Um I think it's just always a Republican in Oklahoma their main fear is not losing to a Democrat. It's getting primaried yeah um, you know and so from the right and so if they take uh, as hard right as a position as they can they can't get primaried from the right so i think i think that's pretty yeah. much what, he, but, he's uh, he's what up in 2022 that's that's right, right? so yep. i mean i would i would argue that by that point people will have long forgotten about this hopefully and you could have right. just been a leader and did whatever but yeah it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me but nothing in the republican party usually makes a whole lot of sense especially the oklahoma republican Party. oh yeah especially the oklahoma republican party well you know um i guess uh we can just say this on the local levels uh you know we've seen most of the schools go back digital here in the tulsa area some have gone back digital some went back in person, were open for a day or two, and then immediately went back digital uh, or distance or whatever you want to call it, uh, virtual. And, uh, yeah, uh, what do you think? Let's make a prediction. What do you think for when we come back uh, from Christmas break? Are we going to be open or what? Most schools will try to be open um, when we come back, I think, and it'll blow up in their face, and then they'll have to shut down. I mean, because unions started last week in person, and then – Got two days in and yeah. said, this is a horrible idea. We got to hit yeah. it out. So. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, we don't have to deal with this, obviously. But, like, I've had uh, teacher friends that have kids who will get quarantined. They're their own personal kids from close contact. But then the teacher doesn't get quarantined. Like, right. Like, which makes no sense. Like, <laughs> so your kid's a potential – your kid's been in close contact in the class – that, and you see your kid all the time, but yet you're not going to be quarantined. Well, as long as you don't go get a positive test on the kid or yourself, 
Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Well, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Well, uh, Daniel, the political manual, you got any last words for the fine people out there in the great state of Oklahoma as we wrap this up this week? Um, yeah, I'm not that we need any more shitty news, but, um, unfortunately the, um, the Oklahoma legislature will, um, start up in February and they're going to not have any money to spend. And so it's going to be a a bad year. 2021 is not going to be a good financial year for Oklahoma for any core services. Um, there's just no money. They don't have any money. And, um, so business as usual back in Oklahoma. So. <laughs> Businesses, yes, yes. Well, that's that's the way it goes. Yeah, well, maybe something good will happen this week, and we can tell you about it next week. Anyways, guys, thank you guys for listening this week. Let us know uh, what you think about the show. You can hit us up on Red Blue Pod on Twitter. We're also on Facebook. Be sure to check out all the other great shows on Sounds Tooth out there. And uh, we also, I believe, have a special. Uh, Soundstooth presentation virtual show coming up with the Tulsa Press Club uh, on December 18th. So uh, if you know anybody uh, involved with the Tulsa Press Club, uh, maybe reach out to them and they can get you a link to watch that. Uh, we'll have. Is that the, I'm sorry. Is that the show that Garth Brooks is? Oh wait, are we not supposed to? Talk yeah, we're not supposed to tell about the live. Yeah, the Garth Brooks uh, debut. Yes. No. Uh, but yeah. So check that out, guys. Just uh, pay attention to our Facebook for updates on that as we go. All right, guys. Well, for Daniel, the political manual, I am Devo. And as always, be safe and make good decisions.